Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi and welcome to another episode of Money with Alpha. Today we're going to talk about a topic which is quite close to my heart um, and it's to do with saving for children. Um, I grew up in a, in a pretty modest household and um, when I got to sort of the age where you know I needed to start sort of paying for university and you know looking for a car and all of that I secretly kind of wished my parents had had a bit of a, a financial buffer there um, that would that would be there to help out. Uh, not to say that you know the, there's not a certain amount of um, pride or um, achievement in a certain a certain amount of struggle, um, but it would have been nice to to have something there. So when when my daughter was born, um, my husband and I decided to open up uh, an account for her to to start um, putting little bits away um, so that it would give us choices. Um, and if you followed anything that um, that I that I write and that I, I record. I'm a big fan of having choices. That's that's one of the, the the main things that money means to me is the ability to choose what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, just as an example, a very minor one, I live near a couple of um, freeways and there's um, a few toll roads. And going the toll road is a lot faster to get to to certain places in in my city um, than it would be to take the the free roads. <laughs> Um, but because of the way I kind of view money and life and, and my time, I choose to go the toll road, even though it costs about $5 each way, uh, because it saves me a lot of time and I choose to spend my money on a convenience <laughs> like that. So while that's a very, very small example, it does, it does um, illustrate what my, my point about the fact that it's about choices. So again, with this um, saving for children, uh, it is actually relatively complex. Uh, and I don't say that to scare anyone off. It's more just to keep you informed so that you're aware of what to look for and you kind of know where to start and what the terminology is. Um, and when I say it's complex, the thing that actually makes it complex is tax. Um, in Australia, there are very um, strict rules in relation to how much uh, a minor or children under the age of 18 can earn in, um, in investment income um, before they're taxed at a pretty hefty rate, which is basically the highest marginal tax rate, which is pretty close to 50%. So it's not, not a tax rate you, uh, you really want applied to, to income. That said, once children are old enough to start earning their own money, that becomes a whole different ball game. There, they go back to the regular, you know, marginal tax rates and, and all this, all as well. This is this is purely for investment income. Um, but as a parent, you want to be able to save without having to spend too much on on taxes and fees and so forth. So, what are your options? Traditionally, we, we think of, oh, we'll open a bank account for our kid. You can put it in the child's name. You can even uh, apply for a tax file number or a TFN. For them and that can all be set up for them and as, as the grown-up you essentially are the trust um, the trustee that, that manages it so that's that is one way to go about it and the and what actually triggered this um, this podcast is that I read an article um, in the newspaper in the last week which talked about 
bank accounts and which ones have the highest interest rates and, um, you know, whether or not you're getting the best deal, you know, interest on money at the moment is not, is not huge. So how do you actually find the best deal? There are other ways to go about it though. And I'm putting my, my old tax accountant hat on um, to, to go, okay, straight bank account. I see, you know, this, this to me is, you know, investing or saving for a child is a longer term strategy. So if you're going to be doing this for, you know, 10 to 15 years, possibly longer, depending on how old you, your child is when you start, um, you may actually get to the point where you end up in the tax bracket where you have to start paying that 50% almost in tax. And that's not a place that you want to be. So we, we dial back to the beginning, which is now, and figure out what is what is a, another option rather than just setting up a bank account. So one of the, the direction that, um, that I've chosen to go is to use what they call, and there's a number of different names fees, um, a growth bond or an investment bond. Um, they have also been known as insurance bonds, uh, and they were a product sort of almost like pre-superannuation uh, and pre kind of the current insurance market where people used to self-insure. So they used their own money um, put into a particular vehicle so they couldn't really easily touch it, uh, and it would earn investment income. So it is still invested, so it's probably not as safe as just putting money in a bank. Um, but you're also going to have a greater potential benefit, and especially as this is a longer-term strategy, um, you can ride out some ups and downs in um, in the share market. So one of the um, one of the the reasons, or the, the, there's actually five reasons why why I chose to go down this investment bond path was the tax benefit. There are a number of rules, which I won't go too much into the nitty-gritty, but I do encourage you, if you do want to look into this, to, to do some research. Um, the tax within this sort of structure um, is capped at 30%, provided that you adhere to certain certain rules. Um, so that's the first, the first one. Secondly are the potential investment returns. Obviously, at the moment, cash doesn't earn much um, and the share market is or has been doing well. That doesn't mean it's going to continue that way. But historically, over sort of cycles of years, it will perform better than just money in the bank. So that was the other advantage or the, another reason why I looked at this. The third one was the very low level of administration. <laughs> I don't really enjoy paperwork. Um, and if I can avoid it or outsource it, I do. So this was this meant I didn't have to put it into a tax return. I didn't have to calculate anything. I didn't have to figure anything out because all of that is managed within the investment bond structure. So that was another advantage for me, no paperwork or limited paperwork. Obviously, you, you have to fill something in when you set it up. Um, and then flexible um, use options. So what I mean by that is some, there are some savings plans for children or some investment plans for children that are designed to help you pay for education. Um, and it's, it's quite specific as to what you can actually use that money for. Once again, I like to have choice. So I didn't want to be limited to putting money aside that could only be used for education purposes. Um, I don't know where we're going to be or what the, our plans will be by the time my daughter gets to, to high school and I certainly don't know if she wants to, to study tertiary. Um, she's six years old, so I don't, I don't want to put that level of expectation on her yet. So that was the other thing that, um, that I liked was the fact that there was flexibility in how I could use it. Um, the other advantage or, and the final, the fifth reason that I, that I liked this was it's not very accessible. So there are penalties for accessing the money, especially within the first 10 years. 
Um, so I didn't want it to be you know, very easily kind of attainable. So, for instance, if there was something that happened, I didn't want that money to get touched. That was going to just be for, for my daughter and, um, and didn't want it, the temptation that it could be used for anything else. Um, and that's the other. So the, the and the, the way it's sort of structured is you can have what they call a child advancement policy, which means that it's it's technically held in trust, um, and then a grown up in this case it's myself becomes the trustee, and you can vest it, which means it will transfer over to my daughter's name at a determined age. Um, and again, it will depend on the product and the company that you go through as to whether that minimum age is often 16. Uh, I've chosen or we've chosen to make my daughter's uh, investment age is 21 uh, to give her a few extra years to, to learn about money and gain a real understanding before we, we hand over a pile of cash. Uh, and there will be a, a learning journey that accompanies this as well. So, um, so that's, they're, the, they're the five, five main reasons that I chose to go down that path. Uh, and there are a number of providers out there, um, performance. And again, when it comes to investments, as always, you know, historical performance is never a guarantee of future performance. So, so just keep that in mind when you when you're looking into it yourself. Um, the other the other thing I would suggest when you look at it are fees. That that's always a big one with in, with investments, and they they can vary vastly between companies and products. So have a look at it because the fees compound. So obviously you want the lowest amount of fee um, percentage possible. Uh, do look at the past performance uh, if it's available. There were some products that I remember looking at and they only had historical performance of one to two years. Others had 10 years. Quite often what companies will do is they'll close a product down and start a new one so you don't actually get to see what the historical performance was. And if that's the case, I would actually be calling them up saying, can you please show me the performance for those past products because I want to see that. I don't want it hidden from me. And you can actually ask those questions. The starting investment will also vary um, between products and providers. Some of them may require a $1,000 initial investment and others might be 10000 So it really depends on, on what you want to do and also how much you, you want to actually put in or can put into this. Um, like anything with money, it's about consistency. So even if you're only going to put in, you know, um, $100 every six months or perhaps, you know, whatever you can manage, just keep doing it. You know, it's better than doing nothing and then wishing you'd done it 10 years down the track um, and then you've got, you know, you could have had thousands of dollars in there without even blinking an eye and you probably won't have missed it either, I have to say, because quite often I'll, I'll have money that amasses in, in an account. Um, I've, I've, I've done it. I'll do another podcast on, on um on some of these, you know, spare change investing um, apps that are around, um, and I haven't even missed it, and there's thousands in there. So that that's one of the that's the key point as well is consistency. Get started, and just you can put it on autopilot. You can do automatic deductions for these things, and they just keep on ticking away, and you don't have to even think about it. Um, the other thing to look at when you're actually looking at the company and the provider is their experience, their age. Most of them are pretty are pretty well established, um, or they have pretty well known underwriters. So just look into that as well. And and with a lot of this stuff, use your gut, trust it. It's it's going to serve you a lot better than you really think. And the more you use it, the better it becomes. The amount of times I get clients and they they sort of they really worried about something and they talk it through. I was like, wow, you've put a lot of thought into this. You've put a lot of research and you've 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 really it's it's front of mind for you. Um, 
and quite often they just they just want someone to validate it. So just think about what it is that you want out of this and trust your gut. Um, that's 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 another another key element of all of this. But I would highly encourage you to look into these for as an investment slash saving vehicle for for your kids. Um, once you get beyond the ten year um, phase and the rules that go with it. The money is sort of basically just there. And the other advantage too is when you actually extract the money from the account, there's no extra tax to be paid because it's already been paid inside the fund. So this is this is um, the, the other primary advantage. In, in my case, what we've cho chosen to do is a couple of family members, um, for, like we, we pool our funds. Um, and each time uh, my daughter has a birthday, if she gets any money, um, we'll take some of that, that money and we'll put it into this account for her. Some of it she can spend so she can enjoy it now, but we're sort of teaching her the sort of like save, spend, um, invest and, and give. So that's where, um, where the, um, the invest and the save kind of comes into it as well. So let me know if you have any questions. I hope this video has been useful for you and yeah, just, um, get started and be consistent. <laughs> Bye for now.